horror 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 movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's make our movie? I wonder what we'll be like then. Brains in jars, I'm gonna guess. We're a long way for God knows, son. Slowly coming out of his mouth. Crawling out yeah, of his mouth, distraction cool. skin. Right. So he doesn't save them, the bridge goes down, people die, and he's like, oh well, job done. Clarence. Can yeah. we try to take two again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is maybe don't trust sentient hats to make life-changing decisions, but... <laughs> Thanks for your correspondence, Jatops. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Make an Horror Movie. <laughs> yeah, is, is that better? It's quite sinister, isn't is it? it? Welcome to Let's Make a Horror Movie. Hello, everyone. Uh, that's John. Yeah, and that's Dave. Welcome to Let's Make a Horror Movie podcast. This is the slightly absurd, whimsical yeah. podcast about horror mm. in which one of us, every episode, will write and pitch the other one a synopsis of a horror movie that doesn't exist as far as we know. Yeah, yeah. That all original. We, that we would like to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you want to go around saying all original. Chris really nearly Not a recycled idea amongst um, any pitch. Yeah. Well, that's John's opinion, folks. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's basically the nuts and bolts of the podcast. And then sort of before and after said movie pitch, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of silly nonsense yeah, yeah. of varying degrees of silly and then sort of on a, on a sliding scale of nonsense. Yes. We start yeah. off with like with some feedback and then it's culture, pitch, and then some more stuff. Yeah. So that's four. Stuff. <laughs> if you haven't heard it, us before, that's four acts. Act one, feedback on last week's pitch, as John says. Act two, cultural... Milieu. Milieu, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're continental here. Yeah, yeah. And... We um, still are. <laughs> Uh, happy brexit day everyone this is the day that the united kingdom genuinely fucks itself i think they mean say gained our independence but not in a nice way not in the kind of way that you know if you were playing with someone that you liked you know you might do it it's not being done with any dignity which is which i think is 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 very terrible Anyway, look, that, we're getting off topic. Yeah. Uh, we just thought, look, mark the occasion, right? Of course, that was like, a solid UK day. independence. Independence from sensible ideas yeah. and helpful people. Yeah, and bilateral trade agreements. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> what a load of wank. Oh. It just sounds like a bunch of wank when this you say words. it, John. It's, it's, like, it's like the start of Phantom Menace. No, it's making it? me hungry. It's making me angry. Let's <laughs> yeah. get out. Let's get out. Let's get it done. Let's yeah, get it yeah. done, yeah? Let's <laughs> get it done. And just... You've always said that. <laughs> Anyway, so third act yep. is the pitch, which yep. is the uh, you know the main bulk. Yeah, yeah. It's what you've paid with your time and your yep. brain power for. It's the toy in the kinder egg of the podcast. It's the teeny terrapin for anyone old enough to remember them. Uh, so <laughs> anyone one... in the room? <laughs> Fucking hell, John! Get a bit older. Yeah, go trying. go I'm back. Doing... Get a bit older. I'm working on it every and day. And then a lot of my references will land better. Yeah. Anyway, and the fourth act is more of pretty much what you've just heard yeah. but sillier but it also has a pitch post-mortem name search and mm-hmm. ideas brainstorm for and the name of the that movie we should have really put in your vax and then everything that we forgot because we're yeah. we're old guys well, one of us is old <laughs> and he has a degrading brain <laughs> so anyway there we go that's the, that's the podcast welcome if you haven't been before and if you have welcome back thanks for coming back we love you yeah 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 we really do um, get yourselves comfy Welcome to Act... No. Welcome to Act 1. <laughs> no, is, is, is it, is it indecisive South Africa. Yeah. Very. doesn't know whereabouts is South Africa is from. Yeah, yeah. It's all the same, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Act 1. The main feedback, obviously, is that everyone wanted to leave the EU. So that's what's yeah. happened. 
the people have spoken. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> right, Got so... Got to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, enough of that. Act one, obviously, then uh, feedback on last week's pitch, which was Fertilised Earth. Yeah, fantastic pitch. Which, for new listeners, was a sequel that I pitched to John's earlier pitch of Goodbye Tomorrow, yeah. which was in episode 13. Because it, it is January, as we all know, sequels month. Oh, yeah. That was what it was called originally before yeah. the, uh, is it the Gregorian calendar? I think it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. came into effect. Yeah, 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 called se- upon, yeah, something like Greek word. Yeah, I think it was ancient Sumerian, wasn't it? Yeah. So there was a, there was a carving... And yeah, it turns out it used to be called Sequels Month. Yeah. So we thought, bring that back. Yeah, yeah. Make a few sequels. Yeah, <laughs> all that Christian shit. <laughs> so, so anyway, God, right. First bit of feedback is from our North of the Wall, Mothman-educated yep. Scottish correspondent, J-Dubs. Hello, J-Dubs. Hello, sir. He says, hello, Dave. Happy New Year, governor. <laughs> uh, but pronounced John, yeah. he said. Quick correction to that. He's actually spelled it Guyver. And then pointed out he means Guyver the kick-ass Japanese anime. Oh, I was about to so, say that, yeah. I mean, look, fair enough, J-Dubs. I'd have gone with Governor, had more unless, continuity. And less kick-ass live-action movie. Uh, it's not with that, man. Oh, God. Right, he goes, uh, I'd like to start with a complaint. I flashed you five times on flips and giving you seven cabbages on Trevor. No response. Shocking. I might have fucked up the currency. Holy fuck, Dave's non-toilet escort agency was my favourite section to date. <laughs> Let's test the theory of what Dave would do for money. Can you please provide a price list, Dave? Fortunately, he doesn't push that any further, because, um, again, for anyone that didn't listen, Act 4 of last episode, John implied that my confidence was running high yes. enough yeah, yeah. You that were, I yeah. felt I could yeah. start a Patreon and charge £10,000. You were pounds. very, very pleased with yourself. Yeah, for uh, uh, you know, to spend time with you. Yeah. And then uh, he asked where I wouldn't go for ten grand, And I said I didn't want to see people doing the toilet on yeah. each other um, if I had the choice. Yeah, because he's quite a princess. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really a bit precious yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, quite a prude, it turns out. <laughs> not very 2020 of you mate <laughs> I think in the end I actually did say depending on who they were yeah. and if their company was good of course maybe I would I go thought, as long as yeah. it wasn't longer than two hours which I, I thought was massively generous of me yeah two also, hours well, I don't think you want to mix, mix business and pleasure like that as well mm. <laughs> you can talk shows on your own time now which one's which yeah am I the business <laughs> yeah. of the pleasure or, I mean, or I, is it a toilet show? I think if you start getting paid to go to toilet shows, it would soon lose its magic. <laughs> You've been becoming jaded about it. It's just working. Yeah, I've it? seen it all before. Yeah, yeah. As I said last episode, what what else can they do? Yeah. You know, there's I only so say, many. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've got ideas, you can tweet us at Lamampod. That's L-M-A-H-M yeah. pod on Twitter. <laughs> Instagram us, but they'll probably take it down if you're going to go down that yeah. route, I should think. Oh, um, yeah, it's very, very anti. Do they have toilet to- yeah, anti-toilets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your very much pro street defecation aren't they <laughs> uh, very much they're very much part of the outdoorsy thing it, well it's part of the whole Instagram yeah. thing isn't it you know yeah, photos yeah. of you outdoors yeah, just yeah. the natural progression of that photos is you of defecating outside in beauty spots yeah, yeah. though like I don't want to just see any old place <laughs> anyway I digress yes back to J-Dubs' email RE Pitch god damn it you two been watching Game Changers, awesome Netflix documentary, he says. Enough of the vegan propaganda in your film subtext already. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching Game Changers? I have no idea. So the answer to J-Dubs is no. We haven't <laughs> yeah. been watching that, whatever it is, and thanks for not providing context. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the vegan propaganda, I can see that. 
vegan propaganda. So I what was he saying? I guess I guess you could read my pitch yeah, like it was sort of anti-meat. Yeah. Because of the compassion I said might be, you know, if they're being yeah. harvested. Oh, it's a long thing. I yeah. won't get into it. For it's the... all there, guys. Go back, listen to it. It's all, it's all really there. <laughs> it's all there and it's yeah. a lot more in between the lines. Yeah. Anyway, he says, apologies for the serious question, Ooh. but I was wondering if there is any evidence around the formation of society of youth following a disaster. The picture you painted of urchin life was cool, but I wonder if more order would be established in reality. Don't try and Google this. I'm sure there's a clever listener out there uh, besides him. I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Another clever listener. He's actually asking if there's any real world oh, evidence left. Yeah. that kids would would or wouldn't create a society of their own. Mm. The answer, in, in certainly in, in written history, I should think there probably are some examples. Probably. But oh, fuck knows nah, where they are, and I haven't dug them no out. Idea. So uh, good luck on that one, J Dubs. <laughs> yeah. uh, one point about that is um, it doesn't. As long as it works within its own context, yeah. that's my always. You know, so you can suspend disbelief, provided that that yeah. suspension of disbelief never gets broken within the confines no, of I'd the agree. film. You know, especially with something like horror or science fiction, which yeah. frankly th- this was both. Yes, you have to set your own rules of the fiction. And, um, and then live with you have to abide by them. Oh, it's just nonsense. So, <laughs> look, it's not for me to say I wrote the thing. So I would see it like as long as people thought, no, this works on its own terms, mm. then it almost doesn't, it almost doesn't yeah. matter. Also, I'd make the point that I'm focusing on a small group yeah. of people, well, actually focusing on one person ultimately and his journey. And so really we only see what yeah. he sees so it's perfectly plausible that in other parts of the world where yeah. there have been other survivors, other shit's gone down. Yeah. Stuff's gone out in a different direction. It just so happens that in this case it, it didn't go yeah. that way. That, that but, you sense. know, I suppose I'd point you towards Lord of the Flies if, yeah, if the you want, uh, because I, I'm not the first person to assume that kids yeah. wouldn't, you know. I think Lord of Flies or, or Hook. Either, either <laughs> yeah. They're pretty Look, much I mean, most of my film was based around Rufio. What no one spotted was I just rewrote Rufio and the food yeah. fight from Hook as a yeah, horror yeah. movie set in, in a. In oh yeah, future. I mean, I mean, I'm getting of your pitch. It did say in memory of Robin Williams because it, oh, yeah. it shadows cast all over him, and in in memory of Dustin Hoffman's reputation, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is in tatters, he can't isn't it? Stop talking about it, can I? <laughs> anyway, he says the pitch was fucking grim, good grim, yeah, but grim. No, it was amazing. The sequel appears to have stretched the bleak landscape even further, but provided no significant light at the end of the tunnel other than a wee drop of sunlight. I like the grudging integration of the alien cattle, but I was hoping for more significant progress before things go eye socket tube face fuck up. (laughs) Any chance we could see a resistance firing back a successful Hail Mary attack on one of the sky cunts? Or even just a visible thinning of the numbers, perhaps they're moving on to a new planet. Do you know what? There was an interesting thing that I think we discussed off air about sequels month, <laughs> um, January to the layman, um, was that we could do sequels to sequels and then we could build upon this anyway. The, the original episode was grim and ended on a little bit of hope. There's a bit of fight left in people. Azure one started grim, had a bit of hope and then dashed it against the rocks. But then I would say that that could form a good middle part to an actual trilogy. Yeah, without wanting to get too deep into the weeds, the way I'd seen it was that your episode 13 was the original pitch. I picked it up where you left off, albeit with different characters in a different place. But 
by the end, there isn't a military left. No, no, no. Most of the adults, if not all the adults, are gone. Yeah. And so that was kind of the ground that, where I then built from. So I don't want to say it's John's fault, um, <laughs> but it's John's fault. So sorry, everyone. No, I'm kidding. Look, that could be a potential. It, it just feels like a lot to try and cram in. Yeah. I don't want to make it a rise of Skywalker. Yes. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> which I, I liked, but yeah, busy. I know. I know very, yeah, very I know busy. He says, "I'd love to have seen some harvesting of the meat crop, like like we said." You could have linked that to some human resistance to the overlords, bracket sky cunts. Yeah. A possible urchin attack as they try and save a favourite beast. Yeah. Actually, that's quite, I quite like that idea. That's cool. I like that. I would question the poisoning by Black Rain. This death is grim and long-lasting. It's not beyond possibility to imagine that some refinement had been made to the fluid over time, potentially even modified by the survivors. Hmm. Much love to the other feedbackers, brackets Johns. I'm talking about Johns out there. You put the shite I provide to shame. J-Dubs I don't know I wouldn't, I wouldn't be wouldn't say that don't be so hard on yourself yeah, J-Dubs yeah, yeah. all, all contributors to this podcast are, yeah. are engulfed with love and yeah. appreciation you're all doing very very well you're all doing God's work yes, oh, yes just in a way that yeah. he wouldn't recognise Frank has written in oh hello Frank uh, hey Frank thanks for writing in I know you've written in before it's uh, very exciting to always nice to hear from you yep. get an email from you yeah he says oi oi le man poders <laughs> I'm doing the accent. He has yeah, a, it's a good accent. I mean, he's written oi What's the appropriate call and response to oi oi? I mean, I'm, I I don't know. I'm not Is it not me. Savaloy? Oh, yeah. Oi oi, Savaloy. Right, Savaloy. <laughs> I, I can't do it. It's so and so insincere. I don't know what that. I don't even know what it means. Isn't Savaloy a sausage? It is a kind of sausage. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. To I me. feel like it's got to be some sort of rhyming slang. Yeah, it must be. Like Kylo Ren. Yes. For Ben. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a right Kylo Ren. Ben, I mean, who knew? All the time. This is the thing that Abrams hid really well. Yeah, yeah. Is his love of Cockney rhyming it's slang? A no one fucking saw it. No, they don't. I mean, other than us, obviously, because we're we're on the run, we're on that level. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we most... are content creators <laughs> like him. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Kylo Ren, Ben. It's it. It couldn't be better Cockney yeah. rhyming slang if yeah. it tried. So there you go. Well done, JJ. Yeah, good job. In, in the main. Wow, that... <laughs> in the main. <laughs> so uh, he says, Oi, Le Man Perouse. Yes, yes, yes. Loved last week's pitch. Surely there is going to be a third part. Oh, oh. That's my point. Yeah, well, yeah. quite. All good movies come in threes these days, don't they? Yeah. Looking forward to the return of the Sky Cunts. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm... actually could be the working title. So Frank says, regarding Dracula... OMG, how does something so good, episode one, turn into such toilet, episode three, so quickly? Yeah, it really did. Can you do a pitch for episode three where you write the many, many wrongs, please? Do you know what? That did cross my mind a little bit, because I thought, they just really fuck it up. You'd have to do that because I haven't actually got around to watching that yet. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, you've been ground. through it. You've been through it, but it's um, a nice idea. Yeah, no, but I agree completely agree with you. Regarding Hollyoaks After Dark. Yep. I believe that that was introduced to prop up the flagging calendar sales. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten that. I but this, this definitely buys that. into my point yeah. about how Hollyoaks, 20 years yeah. ago, I stress, was largely just about yeah. attractive people in underwear. Yeah, yeah. And so they did have calendars. And, and how things. best to sell a calendar? <laughs> Sexual assault. That's the That's that's tried and tested. That's just marketing. Uh, he says such classic episodes, though. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we all know it. The boys do Barca, and <laughs> the um, well, the other ones as well. I think you got them on DVD, free with the tabloid paper, if I remember correctly. 
Keep up the good work, chaps. Tally ho! Yeah. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, a few people have said to me in passing yeah. that they think that it because I haven't bothered to Google it because yeah. it's largely irrelevant. But they think that the uh, Hollyoaks episode that we were talking about last time from twenty years ago yeah. may have been an After Dark, but it wasn't called After Dark. Yeah. So before they called the later ones After because Dark, because it was all in the dark, wasn't it? <laughs> So it's just been. I don't want to. Get, I don't want. I don't want to have to heavily cut another huge <laughs> section. Hollyoaks <laughs> pitch fucking black. That was. Alex has written into the show. The Greek pronunciation of Antikythera yep. mechanism is Antikythera. Antikythera. Oh. <laughs> Which is spelled phonetically for me, yeah, so I'm yeah. doing my best. Antikythera mechanism rather than Antikythera. Quite pleased that I was quite close. Yeah, you were in a ballpark. She's saying, as far as anglicised pronunciations go, I did all right. Yeah. Can we please have all of your social media channels? Iceberg, chips. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch Dracula? It's not very good. The first episode is, the second episode has promise, and then it's Moffat's all over the place. Yep, no, yeah, it is. I think the Hollyoaks Assault episode actually was a special episode, but just later than usual. It wasn't called After Dark at the time. It was it just, just really hit a chord with the fans. It was it? just a scenes of traumatic nature thing, you know, where they go, the following program contains scenes of a traumatic nature. Yeah, yeah. Like that. So it's one of them. Dave hits record. <laughs> I've got an alarm. Yeah. yeah, that goes off anytime that. <laughs> TV all fucking turns over. I don't, you don't even need context. She thinks it was after the watershed, but it was still traumatic. She yeah. says, has John read The Vesuvius Club? I have. It's really good. There we go. I think there's more than one now, is, is there? I've, I've got the first one. It's really good. She says, this is obviously Mark Gatiss, yeah. and it's both a novel and a graphic novel. So, oh, I've uh, read a graphic novel. I, mean, I think I said before, I'm a massive um, Gatiss head. Yes. Um, but the whole league, I'm a big fan of them. You're, you're a gatehouse. <laughs> if, if you like. <laughs> Well, a gatehouse. Yeah. Um, a gay tisser. You're a front ga- a gay tisser. <laughs> a gay tisser. All right. No, let's what do that. Say front something. <laughs> a front. A front. Where, where was that going? A front. Front. A, a front gate. A front gate. <laughs> I don't know why I'm finding that so funny. Oh, a front gator. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I prefer your one. You're a gay tisser. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you clarify that kids born in September were conceived the previous Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode, I'll make one massive clunking error, but I'll say it with such confidence yeah. that at first, listen, yeah, yeah. you probably think, oh. oh. He has to be right. He yeah. sounds so, <laughs> so confident about it. I've just got to the escort joke and I look like a lunatic on the tube because I'm trying not to cry laughing. Can we refer to the toilet show nose peg as a Simon? <laughs> Have you got Simon with you? Of course uh, I, I mean, at the risk of cheesing off Simon Pegg, who will almost certainly never hear this. <laughs> yes, we are going to yeah. now call out Simon, though. I can't guarantee that us talking about pegging your nose yeah. while attending a show where people <laughs> defecate on each other will come up a lot. I don't yeah. know how much more will come up. I like to think loads. Yeah, I like to think every I mean, episode. It's all I'm going to think about. But you can hear more about that on the uh, Boys on Bond <laughs> <laughs> podcast yeah. or um, or the best of the UK toilet yeah. shows, which was that yeah. localised one. Our podcast, were. Soaking the Boards. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the feedback I had. Thank you very much. Welcome to Egg 2. No, welcome to Egg 2 of Horror Movie. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Welcome yeah. to Egg 2 of Horror Movie.
Hey, <laughs> hello. Hey. It is really intimidating. Yeah, is it? It's it quite. Really it's like I like. I know a lot of South African people, lovely people, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the accent sometimes can be real full on. Yeah. Oh, just in case that's the accent I was. Uh, that other guy was going for. In case anyone wasn't yeah. sure. Do you know what? I was just going to kick off quickly by saying yeah, kick away. that one of the or one of the podcast favorites, the future Sir Sean Pertwee. Yeah is going to be appearing in an adaptation of Agatha Christie's novel The Pale Horse. Looks very good. So more to come on that, I'm sure, in future. Yeah. But, like, I mean, it's going to be good. And yeah. Sean Pertwee's in it. So more of him, please, yeah. or in things. Check uh, back in for more Pertwee news, people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep you updated. Besides that, obsessed with Star Wars. Yep. Yeah. Eight weeks late to the party. But <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. There's podcasts coming There's up. a lot of Star yeah. Wars podcasts, which I'm sure have really gone yeah, into yeah. it. So fair enough. It's but all right, isn't it? It's fine. It's all right. As I said, busy. Yeah. I'm reading uh, Joanna Fuck. Joanna, Joanna Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading Joanne Fuck. It's spelled F-U-C-H-S. Of course. Yeah. yeah, well, when you think. I was... Oh, yes, one of the Belgian fucks. Yeah, well, anyway, the, so the title of Joanne Fox's book is This Is How I Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's more of a pamphlet, to be honest, mate. It's actually just a scribbled drawing. <laughs> Which you drew. <laughs> I'm Joanne! Yeah. Uh, no, I'm reading Joanne Harris's The Gospel of Loki. Oh, cool! Yeah, and I really want to make. I, I, I'm so. I hope that's her name because I don't have it in front of me. I never do this. I never have the book I'm reading in front of me, which is why I made the After Earth. Well, we we are in a in a kind of studio shed setup. Yeah, yeah, at the top at the top of the shard. Yeah, (laughs) on Albemuth Boulevard (laughs) in London, but surrounded by trees. You can't see it. There's a lot of glamour around it. There is a lot. That's why you can't see it um, unless you're at the top of the shard. That's that's probably why we feel like gods. Because mm. down, down below, they're all just ants to us. Well, we can see the Bifrost from here. We can. <laughs> all right. I think that's I think that's pretty much me. I, um, I've been watching... Oh, my God. No, I have to say. Okay, I have on. to say. Say away. No, I owe this to Henry Cavill. Because okay. for most people... Oh, the most, most people who hear this won't have listened to whatever episode it was yeah. where I said... He's a bit Henry Caveat rather than Henry Cavill, <laughs> which I think might have been that episode one or two. Yeah. And it was purely based on me not loving his Superman, which I don't really blame him for. No, 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 you no, know? Yeah, he's not the worst thing in those films. No, he's absolutely not no, at no, all. Um, and, and you know what? Superman's a fucking hard character to do because he's so kind of... He's very much like broad strokes. He's a very broad stroke character. Yeah. Anyway, look, so I need to make that up to him because I'm a big fan of The Witcher yeah. and he's fucking killing it as Geralt. It's and amazing. that whole show I'm loving, yeah. absolutely loving, hands down. It's fantastic. I've not even finished it, but I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to eke it out as long as yeah. I can. It's great. If you like swords, yeah. blood, fantasy, gore. A little, a little bit of um, humour in there. Humour. A bit of horror. A bit of, it's just, a bit, it's of, just it's bit of everything. Basically, yeah. if you're listening to this and you like this podcast, yeah. you're going to like that shitload yeah. more. Um, it's, it's, it's great. So there you go. I just want to say that because I felt I owed that yeah. as a duty of care because he's absolutely nailing it. He was upset. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, he was so... The, the letters. The was, letters. Yeah. My God. He, he called me the next night in floods of tears. Did he? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he was writing the letters I'm pretty confident were written in, in blood. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if it was his blood or some something or someone else's. Yeah. But, I mean, there's I mean, one thing we know about Henry Cavill. He's got a lot of blood. Mm. He was sending me, like, photos of stuff on the phone, and I just couldn't... I couldn't even work out what it was. A lot of it was just, like, a bloody mush. Yeah. And I was like, 
is that someone? Or is that like part of something? Yeah. Is that an animal? What is that? And you just said, this is how you've made me feel. It's really yeah. unnerving. Yeah. And then he did that thing. I'm pretty sure it was him. You ever yeah. see, you seen Mulholland Drive? I haven't. Opened the door one, one morning. Yeah. Brown envelope on the on the doorstep. Of course. Uh, so I'm like, oh, what's that? Pick it up, open up, bloody VHS tape. Of course it is. Classic. Handle. Dig out the old VHS yeah. player. Yeah, put classic, it in. Empty DVD. Cla- I mean, that has his, his fingerprints yeah, all over you, it. You know straight away who it's from. He's obsessed straight with VHS. Away. He really he is. He's fucking obsessed with it, and he won't stop going up. He talks about the features, about the actual fidelity, the texture. That's all he goes on about. Anyway, so uh, so I'm watching it. I dig yeah. out the old VHS player. Plug it all up, watching it, and um, it's him filming himself entering my house at night and filming me sleep. <sighs> yeah, unnerving. Do you know what? Though? Unnerving. He is, he is light, light on his feet. He's a very. He's got a very soft touch. Yeah, he's got a very soft touch. Um, and gentle. Yeah, he is. He's a gentle. Uh, he, he is a gentle. <laughs> so, like, I felt threatened. But, yeah, but I knew in it, you know, deep down. Yeah, he wasn't gonna. I, I didn't feel like I was really under. Yeah, because to be fair, I can imagine the world feels a very safe place in his arms. Mm. Um, even even in the situation he makes like you death, forget. That's the thing. He makes he you just, forget. It all goes away. I mean, afterwards we hugged, yeah. and as soon as he put his arms around me, I just burst into tears. Yeah. I just bought, I was just bawling yeah. into his pecs. Henry <laughs> Woom Arms Cavill, we call him. <laughs> Woom Arms. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I've always known. Anyway, so there you go, Henry. Uh, I'm sure you're listening. Watch the Witcher. <laughs> I'm sure you're listening to this. So apologies for that. You're yeah. nailing it, and uh, all power to you. Dave humbly doffs his cap. Yeah, yeah. And the witch was great. That yeah, is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I've read another Adam Neville book, Last Days. It's unbelievable. He's an amazing writer. Yeah, his new book, his old book, because the one set in Devon slash Dorset is his new book. Right. Is about a guy filming um, a documentary about a cult that ended with a certain amount of drama. And it's about the paranormal side of the cult that's never been talked about before. If that makes sense. So this cult happened. Bad things happened because of it. There's been lots of documentaries and books about this said cult. But then this guy gets asked to make a film about the more paranormal aspects that have never been made public. Right. And it is fucking terrifying. That sounds... There's been a couple of times where I've actually stopped reading for a second. Really? Because it's been quite frightening. In a way that I can't even properly describe. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. If I told you the scenes that were scary, you'd be like, well, that's not scary at all. But the way he writes it, he's, he's fantastic. That uh, sounds great. I've already I, wanted I, the next one of his. Really? Oh, I need to get them onto my reading yeah. list. So yeah, I got the other re-release of Robocop. It's fucking great, mate. They amazing really film. make it look amazing. Yeah, I so think yeah. that film is, is a timeless classic. Yeah, it is perfect. And just for clarity, we're talking about Paul Verhoeven's one. Yes. I don't know who did the more recent one. <sighs> Fuck knows. Fuck knows. I mean, it's not without merit, but it's not. It's nowhere near as close. Fuck spelled F-U-C-H. Fuck f- f- knows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure. I've confused things now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good <laughs> yeah so if you haven't seen the original Robocop gets the uh, Lamar Fox scale of approval <laughs> yeah we saw Faustus that damned woman which is playing at the Hammersmith Lyric for another about three weeks it's an amazing play really cool if you like a bit of horror it's got a bit of horror in it if you like a well written brilliantly acted play in London go for it it's and it's a uh, it's a modern retelling no well I don't want to give anything away but um, yeah it's set in the same era that the original is I've, I've set during the Black Death so I'm not sure if it is 
exactly the same. All right, but so, it's said during yeah, the Black Death, the same sort of era. They change from bits. Yeah, the main thing that changes is that instead of Faustus being offered the deal, it's been offered to a woman who's also called Faustus because it's totally different. But yeah, but it's basically a woman at the low sort of like lower rung of society being offered a deal by the devil, and it's very interesting. I don't want to say anything else in case we spoil it. Hello, welcome to Act Three. Here we are. Being Act Three. This is the pitch. <laughs> Here he is back again, eh? Huh? Come back from uh, blowing his nose. I'm just going to have a quick cigarette about that. Ah, oh, quick cigarette now, huh? <laughs> All right, so, John, it's your turn to do a sequel. Yep. It's the second sequel in Sequels Month. Yeah. Albeit a little late. Yes. Because you had, obviously, the yep. coronavirus. I have, yes, I have been a little bit ill of, as of late. I've, and, had, I've had the yeah. Cronenberg of course. virus, but <laughs> yeah. you've had the corona. Yeah, you've just been hitting people, haven't you? So I've had the cheap version, yeah. basically, the sort of... Swinging your fist in, in, in You know, the French version, but yeah. made in Britain. Yeah. And you've had the Brazilian version caught in China. I've had, I've had the real version. None is, I mean, none yeah, is knockoff you, shit. Yeah, a slice of lime in the top. Yeah. Like a, yeah, good corona. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just instead of laboring that joke and trying to make that land... <laughs> <laughs> we'll find it, we'll find it. <laughs> Come back in Act 4, folks, if you want yeah. to hear that joke Classic redone. Classic Chrono- <laughs> coronavirus banter. <laughs> hey, well, it's now a global emergency. Oh, yeah, that is, it's going to kill lots of people. Well, they say 1 in 10, but I ran the numbers because I'm like that kind of yeah. guy for some reason. And it's 1 in 45 at the moment. Yes, so, you know. Is, yeah, yeah. And, and this one, though, is spreading more than SARS yeah. did. So, yeah. yeah, it's quite exciting in uh, a and, morbidly and, yeah. glib sort of and way. And we are we're overdue as well. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. we've discussed. Look, what's weird is yeah. that I wrote Down the Mountain. Yeah. Which was only like what two months ago? Yeah, which was all about a global pandemic that takes loads of people. China have stole your ideas and China. (laughs) That wet market in China fucking thiefed my idea. Yeah, the thing is, I I don't know if I would see the download stats for China because of that red wall. Like I don't think you get the data back, right? So you you just don't know. But obviously, an original idea amongst them. On that tasteful note, yeah. John's written a sequel. Yeah. John, tell us all about it and then kick in when you're ready. Okay, so um, it's a sequel to episode four. Um, We're a long, long way for God, no? Exactly. Yeah. I've set it in Scotland, so um, I hope I've done it justice. I hope so too. I was Jesus. a bit nervous about this. There's generally, <laughs> I, I, there's a couple of bits that I do want to sort of get clarification on. No real caveats, actually. I've just tried to sort of emulate the style of the original while do a proper sequel to it. Amazing. So a really, really quick summary for anyone yep. that didn't listen to episode four, which is what I now class as our early years, yep. where the yep. sound and yep. editing wasn't quite as yes. dynamically yep. good as it is now. And I appreciate it's not amazing now either. Nice anyway, game. it was about a Scottish water demon called the Knuckle Abbey mm-hmm. that created yep. Sawney Bean, yep. who's a cannibal who, uh, well, cannibalized people. Yeah, a- yeah. A- ape, folk. ape folk. Yeah. So that's not basically what that film was about. Yeah, yeah. And at the end, did I kill Sonny Bean? I think I did. I think you did. Yeah, so we killed the Bean yeah. clan. But the Knuckle Abbey, the water demon, was the one that made him. Yep. We never saw that again. Um, and we may see him now. Well, now I didn't. <laughs> I just wanted to give people the context. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So when you're ready. Okay. We pan across a blood-splattered stone floor. A child's arm hints at a body just out of shot. So you've got like a dead family, essentially, scattered all over the floor. You don't really see much of them, but you see enough to know there's a fucking family dead nice do we get uh, an inkling of the era um, not yet not yet but but it's very much a defined era and I'll explain why in a moment okay Um, it's the 80s isn't it (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, a stone floor die 
in your arms tonight. Yeah, yeah. journey you play. It's because of all the good music. But that's why you said it in the 80s, so that we can have yeah. a cracking soundtrack. Cure poster up on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, my, it's my love cats. Uh, yeah. Sorry. In the corner is a man in a tattered shirt and trousers. His arms are soaked with blood and gore, but we cannot see his face. His body shakes with sobs, then turns to growl as he lifts his head up. His beard and mouth are caked in blood, but the shadows hide his eyes. Wet streaks of tears glint in the flickering candlelight. He brings one of his wrists up to his mouth and bites deeply. Arterial blood visibly pumps into his mouth, and the excess further soaks his face. He's proper yeah, going fuck it, hell. And it's like, almost like a kind of a hose in his mouth. Do you know what I mean? This bit made my, uh, my wife feel a little bit sick. He raises his face further with his own wrist still clamped in his mouth. His eyes are empty sockets with unnatural pinpricks of light within them. He glutinously feeds upon himself. We cut to a hawking blue-cloaked figure shuffling from the property into the dark of the night. Awesome. Yeah, so that's where we kick off. So, and is this a, is a cold open pre-credits? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. And still no no visual cues, so clothing no or anything clues, to give no. us an idea of... But, I mean, like, the actual ne- next paragraph details. Fair enough, so, fair I mean, enough. Get I mean, ahead of myself. You wouldn't get too much in that, I think, not too much, but there's definitely it's definitely older. For so anyone, not, not, again, that hadn't heard the original, the Knuckle Avi Water Demon yeah. wore a blue cloak. Yes. So just so, a little, yeah, little bit of a... Uh, little bit of contextual yeah. information there. So if you've seen the first one, you'd be like, oh, shit, is that the... Uh, yeah. The, 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 the is main that thing? the Knuckle Avi? The year is 1847, and a potato blight is decimating crops of the Western Highlands. We focus on a village on the River Shiel. Is that the right pronunciation for that? How's it spelled? S-H-I-E-L. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I, I did a little bit of research, so I'm hoping this is all right. I mean, uh, you'll understand that I don't know automatically every river well, in Scotland. You've got to know all of it, mate. <laughs> or Loch or whatever. Western Highlands. You were speaking of, obviously means a shill. <laughs> we focus on the village on the River Shell, where the inhabitants are struggling to feed their livestock. Wheezing and sickly animals wander aimlessly in their pens as the villagers try to make their meagre supplies stretch to feed themselves as well as their animals. We see most of this through the eyes of our protagonist, Patrick, who runs a sheep farm just on the edge of the village. He's in his late 20s and a widower. He's trusted by many, including the head of the village, Caden, who is informal with the villagers, but he's clearly in charge. So he's clearly like the main alderman um, of, of the town, possibly. Yeah. I couldn't get an exact clarification of what you'd call the head of a village like that. Um, big man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big man. Yeah. I saw a fell over there. Yeah. <laughs> he is the, the, the town's big man. <laughs> I genuinely stand by that. Yeah, that's I the most that's, that's, accurate term. People yeah. up there would know. They'll, yeah. know. They'll know. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping there's a little bit of cultural preparation with me doing this. <laughs> Caden informs Patrick that, that a visitor passing through has told him that the British are marching through the area, forcing people out of their homes and towards the cities for relief. They discuss whether such a thing would be best for the people there, even if it means the end of their village. So, to draw like the whole Highland, the last act of the Highland clearances. Because I think we've been going on for quite a while, but mm. now because of the blight, it's obviously yeah. kicked up. Yeah, I think two, 200 years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. A yeah, long time. So, I mean, this is very much in the last days of that, when the potato famine was really affecting that part of the world. So we basically get a lot of context of the village at this point. So this is pretty much most of Act 1 is just the village being set, the troubles the village is facing, and also the rumours of the British are coming. Yeah, that's um, cool. Really. So oh. I've skipped over that, but there's a lot there you could do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Act 1 ends with one of the older farmers tending the few animals he still has left. He's an elderly man, woundy thin, and is tearful as he cleans out the almost empty barn. In the fading light, we see a scattering of plants at his feet begin to wilt, and a flat silence falls upon the scene. 
Night falls unnaturally fast as the farmer closes the door of the barn and moves closer to his animals, just like tend them and everything else. He's clearly unnerved, but he's not quite sure by what. He's on his own. He's obviously he's he's hanging on to this farm, even though it's not going right. Yeah, well. he's uh, struggling. Exactly, scrabbling around to survive, to eke out a living, uh, not exactly. even a living, a survival. Yeah, no, he's just. I mean, he's there mainly for the animals at this point. Yeah. Um, darkness slowly starts to creep into the barn despite the closed door and numerous hanging lights and lamps. The cows weakly turn their milky gaze to the barn door as it slowly opens. A large, copper-coloured skeletal hand grips the inside of the barn at an unnatural height. So it's actually quite high up and it just raises round. A voice croaks from the doorway. Feast. Feast until nothing remains. The farmer grabs a shovel and calls out whoever there to stop fucking about. Else he won't be responsible for what he does. At this, the barn door is torn open, revealing a bottomless darkness. The farmer steps forward slowly as the cows begin to bray and shuffle in unrest. He stops a few feet from the doorway. A voice booms from the void. Mine! And a large shape smashes through the doorway and grabs the farmer. We cut to the milky eyes of the cows as the farmer's screams turn to guttural roars. Nice. One. Just real atmosphere building stuff at yeah. this point. I, lo- yes. I love the old uh, animals being the visual, giving exactly, you the yeah. cues. Yeah. Big fan of that. And also really, in real life as well. Always trust the animals. Yeah. And also as well, really, I mean, the amount of times cows don't step in. Oh when my stuff God. Happens, they just watch on, mate. Passive observers. Yeah, they they call really it, it's called diffusion of bovine responsibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a well-known bovine yeah. psychological thing. I've where they it just won't. Years, mate. It's because they're always in herds. You see, yeah. the, thing, the, the thing that a lot of people don't know is you get a cow on its own, yeah. it, it'll step in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, yeah. who else is going to help yeah, you? Exactly. As soon as they're in the herd, they're like, fuck this. They don't care, mate. Got any milk? <laughs> yeah, they think, they think another cow will do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Just a little bit of facts for you guys yeah, just, there. Just, just some classic cow facts. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in our return segment. Classic bit of bovine banter. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, act two begins with a small platoon of red-coated British soldiers arriving in the village. At their head is Second Lieutenant Spencer, who is barely 25, and tries to implore Caden that they need to abandon their village, else they will all starve. Most of in the village are openly hostile to the soldiers, as they know why they are there. Soldiers are mostly very young men, and wholly unsuited to the challenges of the Scottish Highlands. So at this point in history, the British army, after the sort of wars um, in the previous decades, has been cut back quite a lot at this point. It's the smallest time in this century. We're sorry, late 1800s? Um, so yeah, yeah, so about mid-1800s. Yeah. So, so, this is, so at this point, it's before the complete rise of the empire, but it's, but it's after the, the, the wars in Europe. Yeah. So it's very much right now, a lot of young men mm. are fighting, but it's not much of a standing army. A few of the men already seem sick from the cold and the damp. This is a grim assignment for them, so there's a bit of whinging and muttering and everything else. Patrick listens silently to Spencer's pitch before asking him what will happen if they refuse. They're only too aware of the tactics being used in other towns across the Highlands to move people. Spencer mutters that he would never do anything like that, but he cannot promise that someone else wouldn't. Caden does respect his candour, because like, fair, fair enough, you aren't trying to like bullshit us, but yeah. you know, it's a fair warning. It's better than claiming the right of prima nocte. Exactly. It? Yeah, indeed it is. Um, and to be fair, there was a lot of grim stories in those days. So this is a, this is to set them aside from... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Work. Nice. And says that the best he can do is allow the villagers to make their own choice. So he's going to put it to the villagers about what they actually want to do. He's, he's not going to use his um, big man right 
he's not he's not just going to get it done exactly (laughs) that's why he's the big man (laughs) he listens to everybody in his village in Scotland, we'd say that's how he's the big man. <laughs> we uh, arbitrarily switch why for how quite a lot. Of course. Yeah. How's that? How's that? And you'd be like, no, why is that? And then uh, then you pick up some of your teeth. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, at this point, Dave is just reading all my actual stories. <laughs> that's all in it. Verbatim. Just second guessing it. Yeah. I know what happens. But I know what happens all in north it. of the border. Um, Caden asked Patrick to go to the outlying farms to tell everybody that they are needed in the village to hear Spencer out. Spencer sends his most senior man, Corporal Paul, Sean Pertwee, to accompany him <laughs> as to show the seriousness of the situation. Caden nods to Patrick that that would be fine. Paul seems like a decent man, and him and Patrick soon become friendly enough as, as they do their rounds going from farm to farm. Mm. So it starts off a little bit uncomfortable, but then Paul's a decent chap. And he... So he's going around with Paul, just so I'm... <clears throat> Corporal Paul. Certain of what he's yeah. going around with Cor- Corporal Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Cool, Paul. Yeah. I can't I wouldn't be able to do a Sean Pertwee impression. That's fucking He's crazy. got a great voice. That's, that's why I thought for his character because he would could also I was thinking No one ever talks about Pertwee's voice. He's very it's, got a very good got voice. A really, he's got a good voice. Yeah, I also wanted to have a character where him and Patrick would actually become genuinely not like friends but friendly very yeah. quickly. So just so I'm uh, settled in, in yeah. what I understand. So 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 Patrick and Corporal Paul yeah. are going around basically saying to people what do you want to do yeah. Le- leave yeah. or yeah. take our chances I, don't, I, don't, I think they're more saying come to the village Oh, we're gonna, we are going to have gonna a talk vote, it out. we'll talk about it yeah. okay. we're going to hear the pitch but you yeah. all come to the village it's going to be like a moot exactly it is during the afternoon that they come upon the homestead of the old farmer from, from previous Ooh. Patrick says that Paul should step back for a minute as Mr Barra is a little isolated out here and not the friendliest sort how do you spend, spelling Barra? B-A-R-A I have done a bit of research on names. Mm-hmm. I hope that's okay. okay. Yeah. I, hope, well, I, hope, I, hope, I don't know. I'm not going to question that's, it. That's There's it. an island called Barra, but that has Is two that? R's. So, well, don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Write in, folks. No uh, man is is an island. That's true. <laughs> Apart you're... from anyone that stands in the sea, because then technically everyone it that depends does how long they stood there. Does it? Yeah, Does it a length of time before you're an island? You can be yeah. a temporary island. I don't think. I mean, you can't be that temporary. I was an island here two seconds ago. It's not an island then, is it? So is it not? Well, it's not yeah. an island then, because it's gone. But that'd be like saying that all boats are islands. We're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. <laughs> ah, but a boat isn't isn't anchored. A boat is... All boats could be icebergs do, that do, aren't made of ice. You do get floating islands. Boatbergs. So boats are boatbergs, <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> but an island would have to be connected to the ground. But you do get floating islands. Yes, that's true. Now, it's difficult to tell if this is one of my many confident cock-ups or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right in. Uh, tweet us at Lamont Pod. He or... thinks he knows fucking islands. <laughs> Quick, pass me the oh, laptop on right in. Yeah, I bet you there's a Latin name for an expert in islands. Yeah. Tweet <laughs> us. Hit us up on Jeremy. Yeah. Tell us on Flips. Tell us your island facts. Yeah, correct us on our islandology. What's your favourite island? What's your least favourite island? So we're in Act 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. They're at yeah. the, so, guy, the so dairy Patrick's farm. Patrick's gone, look, look, mate, you stand back. This is a real cranky old fucker mm-hmm. here. I'll have a word. He's not going to like seeing you. Yeah. He's going to go fucking in Doesn't there. Doesn't like Sassanax. He does not. I mean, he's got no time for that kind of nonsense. Um, after getting no answer at the house, Patrick goes to the barn to find Barra. Immediately, he sees the ruined doorway as wood is shattered and the doors have been flung off, basically. Inside, he sees a few ruined carcasses, but no Mr. Barra. So of all the cows and everything else. Mm-hmm. He turns and shouts to Paul to come over. As he does, one of the bloodied cow bodies shifts and moves behind him. Patrick turns to see the old farmer, naked and streaked with stains, rising to stand. So I've sort of envisioned that he became so ravenous to feed on them. 
he's literally inside a carcass, nice. eating it from the inside out. Eating it, yeah, he's eating yeah. his way in, got in, yeah. eating his way out. And he sort of moved up under like a fucking rib cage has come off and just it's just slipped off him like like fucking um like a placenta. <laughs> What? <laughs> so yeah. What an analogy. Yeah. Um, All right. So he. Yeah, then... I mean, I just, I just want to clarify that I am frowning. Everyone, <laughs> in in sort of dismay. Yeah, and, and I... it's, just an, it's an almost audible frown. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Heavily frowned. He naked and streaked with stains, rising to stand. He giggles and drops a cow's head to the floor. He's been eating from this sort of like neck cavity. Almost. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so he giggles, drops a cow's head to the floor. As the old man turns to face Patrick, Paul arrives and falls back in shock. Barbara's eyes have gone and been replaced by blackened pits with glinting lights just visible within them. Now, there's a little bit of dialogue here. Do you want to read it? We better be ready for what's coming, boys. Mm. So it's, it's very, very pirate. Which one? <laughs> So, Pirates are traditionally West Country. We all know that. We all know that. All right. West Highland. You better be ready for what's coming. Yeah, that's great. You can have the boys. Boys, when he returns, he's going to be famished. You can't even believe how tasty you look. Thank there you, you very much. <laughs> I don't know if Thank that works. You. No, that was great. That was great because I didn't want to read that out. Barra false starts at the two men, causing Paul to unshoulder his rifle. But before he can bring to bear... Barra scampers across the floor into the shadows. His limbs move unnaturally as he seems to collapse himself to squeeze below the boards and escapes the barn. Paul lips off one shot which fuds harmlessly into a hunk of meat. The two men, obviously shaken and confused, head back to the village. Paul bombards Patrick with questions, but Patrick insists he can understand what just happened any more than him. Barra was a quiet, salty old sort, but a good farmer with a, with a real steady head. The famine isn't the first hardship he's endured, so what just happened makes no more sense to him than it does to Paul. He's not like going, he's a yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a normal guy. He's just a bit fucking salty, but he's all right. So we cut to a family who live on a farm a small distance from the village. They discussed a visit they had had that day from Patrick and some English soldier, so they've already been visited. They hurry down the rough paths as they do not want to miss the big meeting. The wife is carrying one small child and holding the hand of another. All three are distressed about the possibility of having to leave their home, but the children especially are thin and gaunt. The father strides ahead, talking to his eldest daughter, um, Ailey about how they may not have much choice. He says they're lucky to have held on to their homes for this long, but with the blight, maybe it is time to go. He's fully aware of the pale sickliness of his children and his wife. During this conversation, the sky darkens. Ailey stops for a moment, saying that it shouldn't be this dark, not yet. So she picks up that it's not quite right. But her father agrees and turns to hurry his wife and children, children along, but they are no longer behind them. He and Ailey begin to call out in panic, questioning how far behind they can be. Out of the gloom, we see the silhouette of one of the children as it slowly moves towards them. Lights glint from the child's eyes as it gets closer. The father starts to move towards the child as something large moves off to the side of the path, shaking the trees and snapping branches. Ailey calls out to her father as a blue-cloaked shape smashes across the path, taking her father with it. Her younger sibling continues to walk calmly towards her, its eyes shining in the darkness. Ailey sees that the child appears monstrous as its jaw swings uselessly from its ruined face. Thick blood pumps down the child's skeletal bare chest and a soggy chuckle emanates from its ruined throat. Ailey screams and runs towards the village as the other shapes move into the darkness, their presence shown by their glinting eyes. Ooh, so there's a real sort of like, yeah. we've met another character, it's like shit, something's coming towards the village now. We cut back to Patrick with Paul, arguing with Caden that something happened at Barra's farm, or they struggle to re-describe what actually occurred. 
Caden agrees that it should go and check it check it out together, despite the dwindling light. Patrick insists that Caden and he arm themselves. Caden reluctantly agrees to take Pikes. He's going, look, this was shit. Fucking shifty stuff out there. This isn't just a farm who's lost his nut. This thing going yeah. on. Yeah, arm up. Yeah, and he's like, all right, we'll fucking take some pikes. That's it. And we're not, we're not fucking getting too full on here. Spencer all decides that he and a large portion of men go with him to verify what Paul has set and to ensure everyone's safety. The group sets off, leaving the villagers to congregate around a central church with a handful of soldiers also present. The sky is already beginning to darken as dusk approaches. The soldiers march as the two men lead the way. Darkness has fallen remarkably fast now. All the men are increasingly tense as their vis- visibility is almost completely gone. The lanterns flick a useless glow over them. It's during this that Ailey crashes down the path, absolutely terrified. During her panic in telling of what happened to her family, musket shots ring out through the darkness from the village. Spencer immediately orders his men to return to the village. Caden is confused and worried as Patrick and Paul discuss the possibility that Barbara has returned to the village to cause harm. The shaken Ailey sticks close to Patrick as they return home. So they hear like in the background. Yeah, yeah. They're just thinking, shit, Barra's just fucking lost it. Exciting. He's gone to cause trouble there. They return to find an eerily silent village where all the front doors of the home swing open. Spencer tells a couple of soldiers to sweep the buildings as they advance towards the church. The centre of the village where the church lays ahead in the complete darkness as all lanterns and candles seem to have been extinguished. As they get closer, one of the hanging lights bursts into life, illuminating the large cloaked figure of the Knuckle Abbey. The light dances over its blue cloak as it sits motionless, its hood pulled over so they cannot see its face. Caden calls out for the actual villagers and moves ahead of the group. Spencer orders the soldiers to form up into two lines. The large shape begins to rise to a standing position, its huge sides becoming clear, and the blue cloak retreats into the night, revealing its form. At first glance, it appears to be a skinless rider atop a huge horse, but a man and horse are all one. With a skinless male body growing from the creature's back, ill-proportioned arms hang from the human torso, where they end in skeletal, almost elegant fingers. Taut, uncovered muscles move on the horse's body as it trots towards the natural soldiers and Patrick and the group. Mm. The, the, the skinless beast is a coppery hue in the lantern light, and warm breath hangs in the air around the eyeless horse's skull. This one of his faces... Across the human chest, an, an old leather satchel sways with the movement of the beast. The head of the rider is almost bisected by the mocking grin of its cavernous mouth. Bloodless cartilage tenses in its face in a victorious expression of cruel joy. A spitting fire flickers in the pits of its eyes. As it moves, the glinting eyes of its creations twinkle around it like stars. Overhead, lanterns sputter into life, revealing the ruined and bloodstoked doorway of the church, hinting at the horrors that just happened there. Panic takes hold of the soldiers as they lower arms in terror. Only Paul lets off a shot, which goes wide. This rouses Spencer, to, who orders his men to fire volley at the creature and its horde. As they fire around, the horse creature rears upon its gigantic hind legs, and the ruined human figures around it surge forwards. Pellets tear chunks off the advancing horde, and some fall broken to the floor. The first line of soldiers kneel and reloads, while the second releases another volley, again ripping into the creatures, but to little success. As the monsters close distance to the soldiers, Caden, Patrick and the soldiers step forward with their weapons. As the grotesque creatures fall upon the defenders, Ali sees her father and screams angrily at his now corrupted form. The Nuklavi's creatures rush to the survivors and a bloody fighting ensues. The creatures skit and crawl across rooftops to gain advantage over the troops, who are now, with the bayonets and muskets, put up a valiant fight. Caden manages to face the Nuklavi and swings at it with his pike. The creature catches weapon with one of its pendulous arms and snatches a man up in the air with the other. It lifts Cadence to its grinning mouth and breathes out a wave of heat. 
with strips of flesh from the man's face. As it does this, Ailey grabs the discarded pike and swings at the torso, cutting the strap of the leather satchel. Scores of eyes tumble from the bag as the knuckle rears back in surprise, dropping Caden's body. In its shock, it tramples and bursts many of the eyes that fall to the ground. It turns to Ailey with his mouth a mask of fury. Patrick moves alongside the creature and with his sabre, sorry, I missed a bit here, Paul had his rifle and then gave his sabre to Patrick. Right. Who, to give him another weapon. Patrick moves alongside the creature with his sabre and scores a gash upon its flank. This causes it to flail its gigantic arms that smash Patrick aside. It rears up and slams both legs down towards Ailey, who tries to move out of the way but her arm is brutally ruined in the process. The knuckle roars in frustration and the surviving soldiers advance upon it. Most of the glinted eye figures have retreated away from the fight, having seen the Nuklavli actually becoming damaged. Right. Some lie lifeless on the ground amongst the bodies of the dead soldiers and other villagers. A musket shot slams into its skinless body as it tries to scoop up the eyes from the floor, but many of them run through its bony fingers like raw egg. So it's, it's almost trampled its own prize in mm. the fight. So the, the eyes have fallen out and it's just some squashed half from trying to get to them. Mine, mine, how dare you take mine away from me? How dare you, it screams. But it's already retreating as the defenders push forward with their weapons. Soon it gallops off into the dark with its last glinting eye winks out in its wake. So like all the creatures all retreat. Yeah. We end on a couple of surviving soldiers helping the wounded and piling the dead. Patrick is wounded, but broadly speaking is okay. He's just been slammed into war and stuff. He tells Spencer that this is their country and they've bled too much for it to just leave it behind for this creature to return. Is a blight that must be stopped as no one else cares about this land but them. He does ask that the platoon burn this accursed place to the ground while he buries the dead. Paul sits by the badly injured Ailey and tells that they were probably not better to save her arm because it trampled it. Yeah. Crushed her arm. That's going to be fucking painful. Yeah. Ailey can barely hear him as she stares into darkness after the knuckle avi, her other farm clutching a sabre with white knuckles. And that's the end. Nice. Yeah. I'd be like, just use the sabre and yeah. do it fucking now. Yeah, so it's just retreating off. It. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm just thinking about yeah. uh, surgery. It's going to be great. Surgery, it's that gonna type, it's going to be yeah. painful as hell. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I've left it too open-ended. Welcome to Act 4. So, yeah. It seems on theme now. Yeah, I wish I'd just yeah. done, uh, you know, a good Knuckle Abbey. It's your basic, like... Um, I'll do uh, the next admin. episode, I'll do yeah. I'll do full Knuckle Abbey uh, yeah, yeah. intros. But congrats, mate. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. What did you think? I mean, just a quick caveat. I am still a little bit under the weather, so the reading wasn't great on that. I hope it was still clear what I was saying. No, I heard you. I okay. heard you. I think it's quite epic. That third act, or certainly the climax. It definitely, yeah. I wanted to do a bit be, of an action scene. It's going to be yeah. quite a lot. And, and I think the introduction of the soldiers yeah. lends itself much more to a slightly wider scope. Well, so that's than, what I was thinking. Also, what I kind of want And that to whole think. context of the, the times, the soldiers, yeah. the politics of that, and the yeah. clearances. See, I kind of, what I wanted to do a little bit with the motivation of the Nukalavi itself is that because it's based in like, kind of like the Orkney Islands and all that kind of area, because of the clearances and the blight itself, it's been forced to move down. Mm. So this may not be the first place it's been to, and this may not be the first place it's actually ruined. So the blight isn't its fault, but it is kind of being forced to move just because of that. And this is the first video that really puts up an actual defence to it. Kind yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a really cool concept. I think, you know, obviously, as with all of them, we'd have to flesh out a There's bit a lot more. You, I think we need a bit more of a clear protagonist. I yeah. guess the protagonist is um, probably Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. I mean, so I, like, I think hard. he, he yeah. and some maybe perhaps some of his immediate family or whatever, or yeah. or needs a bit more fleshing out because then you can give a lot more context to yeah. the 
the soldier, I think the soldiers initially should be bringing fear of yeah. all of its own. Exactly, yes. You know? yeah, yeah, there's a lot of tension now. Exactly. Because, because although these soldiers do help them, that's, that's like, not that, what you'd that, be thinking when they first get yeah. there. To get that, you, you need to yeah. have it grounded with uh, Patrick. and Yeah, because one of the things that I was quite careful of, because obviously I'm aware of the fact that this is Scottish history, and the clearances of the previous decades had been a lot more brutal. And it's a lot crueler, because they yeah. were just literally for their own political gain. At this point, they are often actual relief, but they are also taking advantage of the situation to get what they want, which is to move everybody from the highlands into the cities. And there should be a, a palpable sense of fear, I think, that we yeah. generate through exposition. Yeah, definitely. Through the locals, through Patrick yeah. and, and other locals. But so all the main points are, there, are there. I didn't want it to be like, oh, these are good British soldiers. So I think a bit more characterization and exposition in a full yeah. script yeah. Uh, with, with the locals and then the soldiers in general and that I think was a, is a nice touch. I mm. think it needed that because otherwise it sails too close to the first pitch yeah, or the first exactly. film. Yeah, I was suddenly just going to like escalate. It changes a lot. It introduces a whole new dynamic yeah. and I think it would be really cool to see stuff from their point of view too yeah. for all the same reasons, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I like how, again, you have them all joining forces to fight the common threat. I think in my original pitch, I didn't have him as the horse yeah, guy. Because, well, because, but at yeah, the end, I said, to, that's what yeah. the that's what he, you know, these two guys in Orkney made up. Because I listened like, back to your one, and it's largely just a, the blue cloaked figure. Yeah, so I don't I, go any, give yeah, any detail. Yeah, so I was kind of thinking, I could probably make it work. What I yeah, it still works. That's what, yeah. I think that's, and I think that was really cool, because... You see so little yeah. of him in the first movie because yeah. he actually isn't. He's not the point. He's just the point of the first movie is yeah. he create. He just happens to create yeah. a cannibal or a sort of possessed cannibal, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then he's gone. He's gone in yeah. the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And so then, when in this movie, if you were seeing it as a sequel, you wouldn't expect anything more than that, would you? Because yeah. why would you? <clears throat> You'd think we'll just probably have the same he's thing just again. Like agent of chaos but in instead, the yeah. you've made you've brought him in as the sort of yeah. main bad. Because one of the things I liked about the Nukalavi is is that it is a, it's a demon who essentially seems to be working against Scotland. Because like most of the folklore, there tends to be a mixed message of what they do and why they do it. Like like the whole like Willard Wisp. Sometimes they leave people out of danger. Oh yeah, too danger. Yeah, the actual Nukalavi is just a prick. I think I saw one of the pictures he did have a kind of like satchel. Yeah. And I thought, well, it's full of ice. What else would, <laughs> what else would it, it be? Yeah, where satchel? where I keep my eyes. Yeah, you, two things in a satchel. Laptop, ice. Ice, That's it. yeah. And just way before laptops. So ergo, <laughs> ice. <laughs> ergo, just where the laptop would be. Full of more ice. Full of ice. A yeah. laptop's worth of ice. <laughs> I also quite like the idea... Well, That's where the eyes have it comes from, because a lot of people know that it was actually yeah. the eyes have IT, yeah. not, not it. Yeah. And it was just a misunderstanding <laughs> yeah. laterally that it's become a different thing. And the iMac. Um, any any idea of names? You, <sighs> We called the first one uh, A Long Way From God. <laughs> mm, yeah, God, that doesn't instantly lend itself to an easy sequel, does it? Really it doesn't. Um, a Long Way From God 2... I mean, you can, I mean, there's like obvious ones are like Plague God or something, but that invokes a bit of Nurgle. Because I kind way of from God Part Trois. You could call it Further from God. It's a little longer. Further from God's, yeah, Further from God's not bad actually. The problem is, if we did do that, then yeah. we have God in the title again. Yeah. Which would mean that the third film would have to have God in the yeah. title as well. Like and the it. thing is, the only reason we called the first one A Long Way From God is because that's what one of the characters said yeah. when they understood what was happening and they rode yeah. out to meet him. Away From God? <laughs> Let's try and come up with some that don't have God in the title. All right, all right. I mean, you could just call it Nukalavi. Yeah. Where... Cannibal Highland Cost. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> you're, getting, you're getting that you're getting that pun yes yep. Scotland Pike Massacre <laughs> Village Cannibal Club <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a load of words. LLC, knock fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really throwing shit at the wall. Now yeah, see um, what comes out. Uh, Highland hijinks. You could call it knuckle Abbey country. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah, that's quite good. No country for knuckle Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> no country for Scotsmen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know I'm not yeah. a zoologist yeah but uh, one can imagine it must be you're pretty not that, rough um, you're not that woman who <laughs> what th- threw herself in the polar bear pen and... no does that woman the famous one who oh. apparently got a little bit involved with them with yeah she with, didn't, didn't she with... give a hand job to one? Oh. Did the old uh, hand shandy? Ha, the old hand shandy yeah. with uh, yeah, male gorillas. Uh, I don't know if it was more than one or more than one time. <laughs> I don't know, but the reasoning was that basically she argued that it made them a lot more placid oh, God, to, yeah. and favourable towards yeah, her. Yeah, I mean, I've to be fair. To I, be I fair, I, I, <laughs> when you say... would you'd wank off a gorilla. Or you'd be a lot more placid and favourable to the person that wanked you off. Yeah. Also as well, I mean, they're dangerous animals. Yeah. Very dangerous. I mean, I, I would say it. it was a very brave thing to attempt. Yeah. Setting aside the ethics of it yeah. for a moment. You don't want your last thought to be, oh, I should have tried it. should have tried that. As it sort of takes Oh, well, well, yeah, because yeah, I'm sure that probably would be. Like yeah, as you're getting yeah. smashed to death you're by a silverback, you should have wiped it off. Do you know what? I probably have given that a hand off. I wonder shot. if that would have worked. It's worth a try. Yeah. And you know, she's still with us. The actual logic behind the act, it holds. I have no, no judgment whatsoever. Because, I mean, in no situation, yeah, give it a shot, wouldn't you? Well. If, you, if, if they're getting testy and then you're getting a little bit, oh, fuck, I don't know if I can get out of here. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take the hypothetical, right? Okay. Um, let's get involved. Yeah. Silverbacks. Yeah. Big, strong. Big, terrifyingly big, 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 strong. Fuckers, yeah. Wonderful creatures, yeah. but fucking terrifying yeah. if you're up close to one. I just don't think at any point, if I was in the wild with a gorilla, yeah. I don't think I'd at any point think about just reaching for its genitals. No, but you because. Have- Think about those moments. Yes. Think about the the beats yeah. between when you start reaching for its cock yeah. and the point at which it understands what you're doing and goes, oh, I'm just going to let him carry on. <laughs> I reckon there's going to be a minimum of 20 seconds. I, okay, a minimum. I don't mean to but be... But it'll feel like an eternity. <laughs> and in that... <laughs> And in that time, Locking eyes in that time, the sheer fear that it would just mush you in the face. It would just I, take your head off. I one. would say my my <laughs> mental image of this was that she wasn't reaching for a flaccid penis. She wasn't. <laughs> he was she, already on the. Yeah, on the. Yeah. He wasn't having lunch. And then she was just like, <laughs> chin, mashing it down. <laughs> I imagine. She was reading cues. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't just like, I wonder what will happen yeah. if I try this. Yeah, there was. There was <laughs> Instead, yeah. it was more like, oh, 
dog's got a bone sort of there, thing. There's a few visual tells that she that, that her as an expert would have gone. I know what. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I've been for twenty years without learning anything. Yeah. <laughs> I know what that means. Yeah. Okay, fair point. I'm on our side. Well, look, let's just update the hypothetical to include that. Yeah. So a fucking silverback gorilla yeah. is next to you with a hard on. Yeah, he is. You're telling me I... you're going for it. So you're going in faster or slow? Are you tentatively reaching or are you just like grab? No, no, you have is to... it like a boom? You have to start slow and then you No, no, but, 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 but like it's an animal. So any gesture in its direction, yes. it, it's on it. It's watching for any movement <laughs> of threat or potential danger to itself yeah. or, or its uh, co-gorillas, right? Yeah. So, so are you... You're standing, your arms by your side, yeah, or maybe up around your chest. I don't I'm know. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe one of you is one of them's over your mouth in kind of shock, and you yeah. gasp. <gasps> right, that's plain coy. So that... <laughs> <laughs> you flat. sort of coquettish, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you're standing there, yeah. and and you're using your hand like yeah. a sort of like a sort of Japanese fan, yeah, 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 yeah in front of, of your mouth, yeah. And um, the geisha and the gorilla. Its penis is at a full arm stretch. Yeah. Now. Are you crossing that distance with your arm slowly? Yeah. Like looking it in its eyes, like this is okay. Don't worry, I'm slowly reaching down and I'm just grabbing. Or are you, like or are you just gonna whoomph like a lizard's tongue when it's like gets a fly at the end? <laughs> yeah. You know, like which I, one? I mean, because your life depends on it. I would say that most primates aren't far enough. They are similar to us in a lot of ways. The reason and you're think, doing it, remember, think, is it's perceiving you as a threat. Yeah. I, well, I, well, no, I mean... I if you're not worried about it, why yeah. are you doing it? <laughs> no, but, Just because it's there. My, if it was only that easy, John, <laughs> in real life. I don't think it is ever acceptable to snatch at some genitals. <laughs> regardless of the species divide or anything. <laughs> so I would say there's... I would say... I would say... I would say yeah, the social contract we work to already would still apply. I would or, say that the gorilla would be presenting you with, 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 with options, with its eyes. So you're sitting next to it by the bank, as in the riverbank. Yeah, not, not a cash not, point. You know, like, you know outside Lloyd's. <laughs> you're sitting next to it by the bank, enjoying like the, the sort of pitter-patter of the water, and it sits back. <laughs> <laughs> And you, and, yeah. you look down. Yeah, fucking hell, this has gone. And, it, slash and his lip moves in a way that's a skull. <laughs> okay, but it's okay. Not quite so there. suddenly, this has moved from a case of survival instinct yeah. to just a kind of slash fiction fantasy version <laughs> of, of you and a gorilla. Where it, it's sort of coming onto you is basically the way you. I think it. that's what happened because I mean, I don't think she came onto the gorilla. If it was done, it was done very much to calm the beast. Yeah, I think it was very much utilitarian rather than romantic. Definitely. It, it wasn't kiosk. It wasn't romance. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, she's got experience with these creatures that we do not have. So she thought, as far as we know, yeah. she thought it would ingratiate yeah. her with the gorillas, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I do know for the only about gorillas and primates is that when they go through adolescence and get quite horny they get incredibly dangerous <laughs> that's when you start yeah. losing and this faces. is my point was always that this is at the point where you're going yeah and I'm now going to grab for its, its junk and try and I mean this is the grab it. <laughs> it's the grab I mean so you're I, saying you wouldn't grab it so what would have to you would only consider it if it's presenting it to you yeah, yeah and then you would like hand on the knee <laughs> 
Wait, and oh, then, oh, and then finger oh. walk up it's oh, no. finger walk up it's oh, fight. That's horrible. That's fucking Wait, horrible. We've all been here. We, we know we know how these oh, things work. God. No, I, I yeah. know you'd like to think you'd give it a go. I'm not sure. I just I'm not don't sure you would. want to I do not want my final thoughts to be I should have tried wanking it. <laughs> and, uh, I've I've always said that, mate. <laughs> and I stand by it. You know what? All listeners, do you agree with me? Actually, that's a great point. This is an audience participation yeah. podcast Would after you, all. If you felt suitably... <laughs> <laughs> what? Where the hell was I'm that going? Like, all of that. No, no, no. It's definitely that's... staying in. No, no. Write in and just give us your thoughts on yeah. what the hell has just been discussed. <laughs> anyway, so what were we going with? We're going with... Um, <laughs> the Nukalavi country. Nukalavi country. No, all right, that. done. Good. Been. I think that's uh, solid. I'd also like to say hello to all our international listeners. Hello out there. Um, you know who you are. We don't, but I'm yeah. fucking pleased to have you. We will find you. <laughs> John has a very particular set of skills. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On that, On that t- table, table saw. saw. <laughs> boom. On that table saw, you will die. <laughs> Let's make a horror movie, everybody. Bye. Bye.